You are listening to TLRStation.com. Worldly Connections is all about bringing magic into your life. Janet Wizawadi, visionary coach and consultant, is on a mission to empower people to keep moving forward, have a vision, and trust that something good will come of it. Worldly Connections inspires listeners to live happy and be happy through the power of conversation and positive energy from Janet and other experts who believe that life is a team sport and when you work together, miracles happen. And now, here is your host, Janet Wizawati. Welcome to Worldly Connections on TLRStation.com. I'm so happy to have our guest today. We have Douglas Morrison with us today, and he wrote a book, Course Correction. And I just want to tell you a little story how I found him, because that's exactly what happened. Uh, I was meeting a friend for her birthday uh, at a nice bakery, and they had one of those free libraries. And I don't know where you are in your country, but in the United States and Canada, we have these boxes in some places that have a free library. And uh, they're on the streets, they're in some stores, and in this bakery they had one, and it's an old, uh, uh, I guess, uh, newspaper box. And I was waiting for Joan, and I opened it up, and there's this yellow book, and I thought, oh, I'll have a look at it. And it said, Course Correction. And as being trained with Jack Canfield, he always talks about on course or off course, and about flying, how airplanes are always course correcting. And so I picked up the book and started looking at it. And next thing I thought, oh, well, I'll try and find this guy on the internet and that. That was a Thursday. Sunday, Doug was having a book signing at our local bookstore in Edmonton, uh, Audrey's Books. And before you knew it, I was talking to him. And now today I'm going to share him with you. And welcome, Doug. Thank you, Janet. Thank you for having me today. Well, I sure enjoyed your book. And it's a novel. Uh, I talked to lots of people about nonfiction, but this is a fictional book, and uh, I know there's lots of uh, material in it that is accurate uh, as far as descriptions. And uh, you were, or you still are, a commercial pilot? I was a commercial pilot. Uh, mostly I did flight instruction, and so I was uh, teaching people how to stay on course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all need that, whether we're flying or not, I think. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Um, yeah, the idea of course correction is when you're flying somewhere, it's not just the idea of getting to your destination, but it's the idea of getting to your destination in the right way and on the right track. So if you're off track, you don't want to just adjust to get to where you're going. You want to get back to where you should be. Okay. Well, I'll leave that to the pilots because they <laughs> usually get me where I want to go. <laughs> but what what intrigued me was uh, especially your description. You're another fellow Canadian in Western Canada. And uh, tell us more about how this came about. I know that you did some volunteer work in the Ukraine. Is that correct? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because that's where you get lots of your descriptions from, right? Yes, that's right. I was sent over to Ukraine uh, a number of years ago uh, through my church, actually, to sort of watch and observe how missionaries work. And uh, after I had been there about two days, all the missionaries that had gathered went home and I was left by myself for another week. And uh, for a while, I didn't even have a translator, so there was a little bit of a culture shock and an adjustment to life in Ukraine. Um, 
I have to admit I wasn't really comfortable for the first while and even when I got back to Canada I thought uh, gee I'm not sure I want to go back but I did make 14 more trips. Wow and lots of your descriptions I know that when we talked at the book signing you talked about uh, even down to the garbage can description, you would know what alley that was down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I explored enough of the country that I was able to draw on places that I had really been for the book. So everywhere, whether it's a garbage can, an alley, a train station, a bus stop, it's all somewhere I've actually been. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your experience over there? With uh, What were you doing with the teens? I know that you talked about when you were talking about the book about uh, the lights and and uh, how dark it is there at night, but your camp was sort of lit up and you got into a little bit of trouble, didn't you, for having... We did, yes. We had quite a number of young children there. A lot of them were uh, orphans or homeless children. Um, and for about a week, we were camping out really in the middle of a field. It wasn't even a campground. And... Uh, so uh, at night, we'd have a big bonfire, we'd sing songs, we'd play games, put on skits, the type of thing you do at a camp. And there were two villages that we couldn't see. I didn't even know they were there because there's no lights, no street lights, no house lights, nothing was showing. But they were watching us every night and uh, not knowing what we were doing, they thought we were a band of roving gypsies that were uh, traveling about the country, kidnapping kids and selling them on the black market. And uh, so uh, they did what uh, people over there often do when they see something suspicious. They called the police. Um, now, the KGB officially doesn't exist anymore. The people there still refer to them as the KGB. And so I do as well. But uh, they came to investigate us after a couple of, uh, couple of days. Uh, five of the officers came marching out of the woods, uh, wanted to know what we were doing, told us we were having illegal meetings, took our passports, questioned us. And uh, it was uh, a little bit tense for a while. <laughs> I guess. And so, but you still went back. I did, yes. Uh, I was invited to go back uh, about six months after my first trip, so it was in uh, January, to uh, teach and work with some, some older people, I guess you'd say young people, uh, teenagers in, in their early 20s. Uh, and um, I just I enjoyed the time, and then I was invited back the next summer for another camp, and I, I guess it was when the plane was approaching Kiev, I looked out the window and... Uh, just realized that it felt like home, that it was like I was coming back to somewhere I belonged. And I just fell in love with the country and the people, and I was able to, uh, as I said, make a total of 15 trips in there. Oh. And you've done lots of traveling, so that uh, is interesting. What did you say? The only place you haven't been to is Antarctica? That's the only continent I haven't been to so far. <laughs> it's, uh, it's on my goal, <laughs> list of goals. Well, I have a friend that went to Antarctica on uh, an icebreaker. Oh, they have really? Apparently, they have apparently cabins on there and you can go. So uh, we'll have to talk more about that. And get we you there. will. I'd love to do that. That would make a really good novel. I think an it could, yes. An icebreaker one, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All kinds of possibilities. So what gave you the, what made you write the book? What inspired you to, to write it? Your trips or have you always wanted to, written, to write? Uh, I, I've always been an avid and voracious reader. Uh, and I've always wanted to write. I've just never had the time or the uh, inspiration, I guess. But 
one of the summer camps I was at, I was uh, sitting down under a tree one afternoon just trying to get a little bit of shade and cool off a little bit. And uh, I often took a lot of people with me on the trips. I took uh, other young people. I took family members. I took relatives. And uh, I would watch them go into culture shock when we arrived. It's... Uh, if you've never been to a third world country or another country where they don't speak your language or, or don't even use your alphabet, it can be very shocking. Um, it's, uh, it's definitely not North America. And uh, as, as I was sitting under the tree that afternoon, I thought, now, wouldn't it be interesting to, to track a Canadian who's just dropped unexpectedly into the middle of Ukraine, doesn't know the language, the culture, really doesn't know what he's doing there? And, uh, you know, what kind of adventures might he have? And so with that idea, I worked backwards to find a way to get him into the country uh, and uh, then tracked his adventures as he tried to get back out. Well, I know I, uh, I, love, I love to fly anyways, and uh, I'm just going to let a little bit out of the bag. They're flying to Athens, right? But they don't make it to Athens. They make it to the Ukraine. That's right. They do. <laughs> and that, that's how I got them there unexpectedly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was kind of cool how you did that. And uh, so share a little bit more about the process. Now, you started when you were at the Ukraine. You started, you know, wondering how to do and you worked backwards. So when you came home, did you start writing it? Like, what was the process? Did you did you find a publisher right away or did you write and then look for a publisher? Because we'll talk about your publisher in a bit too. Sure. Um, well, really, I just wrote the book for myself. I, I sat down on my computer every evening for an hour or two and sometimes I wrote nothing and sometimes I wrote 10 or 15 pages. And uh, I just, um, you know, I had an outline. I knew where I wanted to go with the story, but I found uh, maybe, maybe it's because it was my first attempt at writing that uh, that it it changed quite a bit as I was writing it. And when I finished it, I let some relatives read it and some friends. And uh, my daughter bugged me for a long time and kept saying, "Dad, you should submit this. You should submit this." And I, I did some checking into novels and submissions and found that about one in a thousand novels that submitted actually gets published. And so it sat on my computer for oh, probably a year, a year and a half. And uh, finally, because I, uh, my, especially my daughter kept bugging me about it, I uh, sent in the first 30 pages and a letter of inquiry to a brand new publisher, Stonehouse Publishing up in Edmonton. And uh, I expected that within a few weeks, I'd probably get a very polite rejection letter saying it didn't you know, fit what they wanted. Uh, but much to my surprise, I, instead I got an email asking for the rest of the book. And uh, so I sent that off and waited a few weeks and then got another email that said they were very interested in publishing the book. And at that point, I just kind of went into shock. <laughs> well, and I met Netta at, I guess, one of the publishers or one of, uh, is she the publisher? Is she Stonehouse Publishing? Yes, herself? yes. She, yeah. she and Julie, Yes. Okay, because uh, she was very nice when I met her at uh, Audrey's there. and um, But we're going to uh, take a break here because uh, there's so much more I want to ask you. And then maybe we can talk about the book a little bit without letting the cat out of the bag, so to speak. And, uh, you know, how somebody else that maybe is in the same 
boat as yourself who has this idea and started writing and and where they might uh, go to do that. And you basically told us what you did uh, and the courage and the encouragement because I, I think that we all have sort of a book in us, don't we? I think so. I think we all do. Okay. And, uh, We're going to take a break? Yeah. Okay. And very we'll, good. And we'll be back in a minute. Need to book an appointment with a holistic health provider or find resources and products in Edmonton and surrounding area? Not exactly quite sure who to contact or where to begin your search? Your Holistic Earth is the only online holistic marketplace that connects people like you who need help to the holistic health practitioners who provide a complete range of professional services and products. Look no further. Your Holistic Earth is your online holistic marketplace for a healthier and happier you. For everything holistic, visit yourholisticearth.ca. That's yourholisticearth.ca. Welcome back to Worldly Connections on TLRStation.com. And today we've been speaking with Douglas Morris. Morrison, and he is the author of Course Correction, a novel, and uh, he's a fellow Canadian. And I found this book really interesting. I really enjoyed it for a novel. I read lots of non uh, nonfiction, but as a fiction, you did a great job, and I really am enjoying it, or I re enjoyed it. Well, thank you. I uh, I just uh, I wanted to write the kind of book that I enjoyed reading, and. Uh... I guess that's what I just tried to stick with. <laughs> I know that when my granddaughter was young, she had to write a diary for school. And uh, she was in grade four, I think. And she had to go into, um, uh, what do you go? Uh, I want to say immigrant, but that's not the word. Uh, pioneer's mind and write okay. as if she was a pioneer. <clears throat> so is that sort of what you did? You sort of got embodied that person that you're writing about and... How did you do um, that? Well, I, I think actually it was almost the other way around. As I as I wrote the book, I sort of had an idea of who these characters were, and uh, they kind of took on a life of their own. And I found as I was writing that uh, I wasn't so much creating as just recording what they were doing and saying. So it was uh, it was kind of an interesting experience that way. I have heard that so often that really when the, char the characters want you to tell their story and that it sort of writes itself. I have another <laughs> friend, the same thing. She says, boy, and now they're telling me I've got to write another one and I hear you are going to write another one. So um, yes, I am. Uh, I'm about three chapters into the next book, uh, a sequel to this one, and uh, I've got the rest of it planned out, but it's it's finding the time to get it uh, onto the onto paper, I guess. Yeah. Um, tell me, like, when you got, can you tell us something about the story without losing the ending? Like, the ending's great and uh, certainly opens itself to the book, too. But can you share something of the book that really doesn't give a whole lot away but gets people sort of intrigued? Well, uh, the title course correction was my working title. I was open to other suggestions, but uh, Netta, the publisher, thought that it worked well. Really, it's the story of a, of a Ukrainian man who's trying to make uh, a change in his life. He's not happy with who he is and where he is and what he's doing or the way he's living. And uh, 
in his attempt to make a break and start a clean life, he actually creates a bit of a mess for Michael, the Canadian, on his way to Athens and has to make further changes to uh, to get himself to the place in life he wants to be. I, I'm not sure if that's clear or not. <laughs> I know, but, you know, we, when we talk about it, because I know both of the characters and I know what's going on because I read the book, and... I just have to say, people, you've got to read this book. I found it really interesting, but I found the descriptions. Now, uh, when you go into the descriptions, can you maybe talk about some of the places where you actually were, where some of the descriptions show up in the book? Well, uh, early in the book, there's a road they're driving down, um, uh, uh, kind of a dirt road through the country. It, it winds and twists through some trees and across a creek. And that is actually uh, the site where, for a number of years, we held the camp for the kids. And uh, I describe a concrete bridge that's, uh, that comes up rather abruptly and unexpectedly, and uh, we camped for about a week right beside that bridge on the creek. Um, and then uh, there's a house at the, uh, sort of towards the end of the book where the kind of the climax takes place. Mm -hmm. And that's actually the house that I lived in for a total of almost six months. Uh, and, uh, the, you know, there's some trees behind it and the, the road running down the hill. So that's a place that I walk just about every day. Um, and there's, uh, there's also the root cellar that I mentioned at, at one point mm -hmm. in the village, and mm -hmm. that's actually in the backyard of a friend of mine. <laughs> uh, it's, it's an old house. Um, there's actually three houses on the property, the one they live in now, then an older one, and then a much older one that is uh, serving as a root cellar. <laughs> so, I, yes, I just... Go ahead. Mm -hmm. No, I was just going to say that they, the descriptions were so vivid that uh, I felt like I was there. And uh, look forward to, because my background's Ukraine. My grandmother was Ukrainian and, and her, her parents came over. She was born in Canada, but some of her siblings were born in the Ukraine. So to me, it, it, I think that that was an attraction as well, because I'm getting to see a picture of it. Because it hasn't progressed like the rest of the world so much. They're still quite primitive in a lot of their, on a lot of things there, correct? Yes, if if you arrive in Kiev, um, it is it is a fairly modern city. But uh, even going into the downtown, you get into the uh, the area that was built before the Soviet Union, and uh, that's a very beautiful part of the city. Cobblestone streets, part of the ancient Kiev Wall is still standing. Uh, I've been to castles that are, you know, were built in the 900s, but there are also the uh, the, the more modern areas, but when you get out into the towns and the villages, it's like going back in time quite a few years. And so, uh, you know, a lot of horse-drawn wagons and, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's like stepping back in time quite a few years. <laughs> and they're quite wary, too, of strangers, right? Uh, a lot of them are, yes. And I think that's kind of a holdover from communist times where they were, uh, you know, really encouraged to be suspicious of anyone that was new or different or acting differently. And that's part of the reason I think that they called the police on us is, is they were afraid that if they didn't report us, then they might get in trouble themselves for knowing about it and not saying anything. <laughs> 
Yeah, because that was a history, right? They they would get into trouble if they didn't report something. That's right. Um, I, I've done a lot of reading on the Soviet Union and, and Russia and uh, and Ukraine, and one of the things that they mentioned in a book uh, called The KGB Today was that they spiritually isolated the people. And by that, they, they made them suspicious of everyone, including their own family members. And while, you know, while I was very warmly accepted into a lot of places, there's still that underlying current um, in the society that they're, they're suspicious of anything or anyone that doesn't fit in. Mm. Is the second book going to be uh, Michael's Journey? Uh, is uh, our other character going to be part of that as well? Can you give us like a hint? Yes. Uh, yeah, Dmitry is the Ukrainian man who's trying to make the new life for himself, and, and course correction was his opportunity to uh, make some changes in his life. And mm -hmm. uh, really, Michael is kind of the uh, the he, Michael is our eyes and ears. We're watching Dmitry's story in course correction, really. Mm -hmm. And uh, the sequel is going to be more about Michael's journey and and uh, his realization that that he needs some change in his life as well. But Dimitri factors very largely into the second book as well. They'll, they'll be back together. Well, good. I know that um, in reading the book, because I've done lots of training uh, with Jack Canfield and, and personal life training and coaching and stuff, and there were definitely some things in those, that book that says, oh, that's interesting. Like it, it, Although we got it as a nonfiction, there are definitely clues in there that can can trigger our own thought-provoking life changes. That's what I found. Well, I'm glad you saw that because really I started out with the idea of a description of Ukraine. As I said, the idea of people going into you know Ukraine and going into culture shock and what they're seeing and experiencing. Uh, but really, as I wrote the book, it it became more an idea of a of a life's journey that uh, that uh, you know, kind of waking up and saying, you know, I should be doing something different with my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything else that you can share with us at that uh, up and coming? Um, what about book signings, traveling? Are you doing any speaking about it? Uh, I've done a number of signings and some readings over the summer. Uh, I just did a couple with uh, uh, two other Stonehouse authors just a couple of weeks ago down in Calgary. Um, right now, I'm just uh, working to uh, set up a second reading at uh, Chapters in Red Deer, and uh, I believe Chapters in Chinook Mall down in Calgary wants to have me as well, and uh, looking at setting up a place, few places in Edmonton. Um, I do have a Facebook page called Course Correction, and uh, I'll be updating uh, on that page anything that's coming up. Now, I know that there's a big celebration coming up for Ukrainians. Uh, uh, it's a 100th anniversary, and I'm not sure if it's for when they came to Canada or came to Alberta. Um, but have you thought, is your book at the Ukrainian village outside of Edmonton there? Is it available there? Uh you know, as far as I know, it's not. I hadn't thought about that. There is another Stonehouse book there with a Ukrainian theme in it uh, that, that is there, though. Uh, Pam Clark wrote a book called yeah. Kalina, and it's mm -hmm. about Ukrainian immigrants coming to Alberta uh, mm -hmm. at the turn of the last century. So um, I know her book is there. Yeah. And she, she will be, be there, too. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I'm looking forward to talking to her in the future as well. Um, any, you know, advice to young writers or travel? Are you going back to the Ukraine? I will go back if I have the opportunity. I'm still in touch with a lot of people over there. Um, as I said, I was originally sent through a church I had been attending at that time, and I'm not going there anymore, unfortunately. So my uh, my my doors to that part are closed. But if I had the opportunity, I would definitely go back in in a minute, even even with all that's going on there. Um, as far as uh, young authors, all I could encourage people to do is to just write. <laughs> Just right. Yeah. Um, I, I read a book called uh, Chicken Soup for the Writer's Soul. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of an underlying theme is, well, if you want to be a writer, why aren't you writing? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, I, uh, I know that, uh, well, I can't say enough about the book. I really did enjoy it. And you, you are on Facebook. Do you Twitter? I do, yes. At Doug R. Morrison. Okay. And... Uh, do you hold any, I know you're going to do some talking about the book and some readings and that. Are you involved in any writers groups or anything? You know, I'm not. Um, as I said, I, I wrote the book for myself just because I wanted to tell a story. And mm -hmm. uh, now, now that the book is out, it was released earlier this spring, uh, I've joined the local or I shouldn't say I've joined it, I have been in touch with the local writers group that will start meeting again in September, and so I'm going to be meeting with them. And I've got a nephew who is working on a novel, too. He didn't know I was writing, and I didn't know he was <laughs> writing. And he's in a writers group in Red Deer, so I'm planning to meet with him there as well. Well, that's nice to know. I didn't know there was a writers group in Red Deer. I'll have to check that out. And we, we're all over the world, like our interview so anybody uh anybody can check their local area right for writers groups i believe they're all over and have you ever heard of nam nano it's i forget what it's called but it's every november and you write so many words uh, a day no i hadn't heard about that but i'll have to check into it yeah i'll have yeah. to look out for the proper name and then i'll send it to you and anybody else it's it's every november that it's on uh and for some reason i can't think of the correct name for it but uh yeah that's something for people too to get writing because it, it is really comes down to just sitting down and letting it flow right i think it does and uh you know like i said when i was writing there was nights where nothing came to me and other nights where i just you know it was coming so fast i couldn't stop <laughs> mm -hmm. so but yes it's just taking the time to sit down and, and just write and yeah. uh yeah well, you know, Doug, I am so happy to have had you today uh, so that we could have this wonderful conversation about books because I, I read a lot and when I get the chance and, and novels is one of them. And, you know, it's just so funny how it turned up, how I found the book. And so you never know where you're going to find something, right? Whether, where you're going to meet somebody because for you to have that two days later or three days later and me show up at your book signing and I brought my husband along and he was yes. happy to be too. And yeah, it was really good. So I thank you. And uh, I'm looking forward to your next one. So we'll have to make sure that when your next one comes out, we let everybody know and uh, we'll have another conversation. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks, Doug. And you have a great day. You too. Thanks. Okay. Are you interested in appearing on Worldly Connections? Ready to work together and make miracles happen? Then Janet wants to hear from you. Contact her at Janet at FamilyConnect.com 
That's Janet at Family Connect, spelled C-O-N-N-E-K-T dot com. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Tune in next week, same day and time.